another new exciting episode of Kraken One Open with Mike and Elise. Oh Coronavirus yeah. Coronavirus edition. <laughs> <laughs> Quarantine edition. There but we don't go. worry. We've got episodes for weeks because A, we stocked, we stocked up. up. Here. B, liquor stores are an essential business. At least in Connecticut right. they are. <laughs> essential to us. Yep. Woo. All right. <laughs> so this week we are featuring the Pilsner from East Rock Brewing Company, which is basically a hop, skip and a jump away from us in uh, New Haven, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. It's named for the ridge and city park that overlooks the East Rock area of New Haven. And what's cool is that it is located across the river from the former Rock Brewery, which is one of New Haven's historically celebrated German breweries. Yeah. Yeah. So the location of East Rock Brewery and and the beer hall itself is also significant in the New Haven area. It was once home to Miller's Garden in the late 19th century, uh, which was an outdoor venue where hundreds of people would gather weekly for picnics and a band would play and perform traditional German songs and dances. So in a way, it was kind of the like proto beer hall that it has become today. Nice. And before the area was called East Rock, it was actually known as Goatsville. Can you guess why? Is it because there was a goat farm? <laughs> lots and lots of goats. All right. The local goats actually developed a reputation for devouring garments from clothing lines and even entering homes to feed on freshly laundered linens. I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. And what's also kind of funny is that Bach, um, a style of beer that Germany pioneered, loosely translates to billy goat. Oh, I have a, a Doppelbach. Yes, you do. Um... I can't remember what brand it was. Me either. I'll figure it out. But I have, it's a, it came with like a little keychain thing, mm-hmm. a little, little ornament you can have. It's been sitting in your car And it's forever. on my car windshield, my back windshield. Yeah. And it's a yep. billy goat. <laughs> so for these reasons, the logo for East Rock Brewing is the silhouetted image of a goat who, and I, I might be projecting my own feelings onto this, but he looks pretty badass. It is a cool, it is a cool logo. Yeah. So anyway, again, we're going to be drinking their Pilsner, which is named just that, Pilsner. It looks like all of their mainstay beers have kind of like no nonsense names. East Rock Lager, Vienna Style Lager, Vice Beer, Black Lager, um, which in a way also makes it stand out a little bit more among beers that have all the crazy names now. Just like you were talking about last week, how the the simplicity of the can for 29 Pews from Voracious would jump out at you at the liquor store. I feel like this is kind of the something similar. Some, yeah. I mean, it definitely is like, what kind of beer? Oh. It's that kind of beer. Like if yeah. you're looking for a certain style of beer and you see it, you're like, you, okay, oh, you're I'm going to have that. I will say that we were, when we were looking at, um, we are at Whole Foods today and mm-hmm. they actually had the Vienna lager yep. on, on uh, display at Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. And I saw it and I, the first thing I was drawn to was, Ooh, a Vienna lager. Oh, it's from East Rock. Yep. So it was the beer that caught my eye first and then the, then the brewery. So mm-hmm. I guess you can do it that way. Yeah. And it is probably smart for a newer brewery. Yes. To get the name across is you see the type of beer first because the name itself isn't really going to be the thing that grabs you. Mm -hmm. Um, So their Pilsner has an ABV of 5.2% and an IBU rating of 35, which to me, after doing, you know, all this research on a lot of beers, which, you know, makes me totally an expert. Easy, professor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, you you can just kind of guess that this is going to be a laid back, smooth, easy drinking beer. I'm Just, excited for it. Yeah. We've been grocery shopping all day, so I'm I'm kind of excited <laughs> to sit back and have a, a nice refreshing beer. Yeah. 
Eastrack uh, combines Pilsner malt from a fifth-generation master and hops directly procured from family farms in the Hallertau and Tettnang regions of Germany in order to produce a, quote, hop-forward take on the world's most popular beer style. Mm. Uh, we can expect a tall, rocky head. I don't know if that's a thing or if they're just trying to make it a pun. Because East, East Rock, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what a rocky head is. Yeah, I've, nev- <laughs> I've never seen that uh, beer head described as rocky before. Uh, with an intoxicating aroma of herbs and spice that complement a crisp, subtle malt finish. It did get good reviews online, although there aren't a lot of reviews, even though uh, the brewery's been around for a, f- a few years now, at least two years. Um, but even among those few reviews, people seem to think that the, this leans more toward being a bohemian pilsner than a german pilsner so of course i had to look up what that means Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) and basically it's the difference between a a german pilsner and a czech pilsner and german pilsners are grainy grassy and lighter in color slightly more bitter and more carbonated whereas czech pilsners are earthy herbal and spicy with a little bit more pepper Mm. yeah so uh in the name of science i think we need to Crack this open and and see. For science. For science. All right, let's crack this mother open. Crack it. Ooh. Is it okay, crack? (laughs) Let's see how you do. My turn. Oh. Well, looks like we're using mine. I was trying to do it too close to the microphone, (laughs) and and I swear I can do it. You've already started it. Do you do it on the up? Do it. Switch your sides. Good enough. You ever opened a beer before, bro? Man, <laughs> not in this position. Ooh, I don't know if I would call that a rocky head, but it's it's got a head. <laughs> yeah, not really, but okay. Yeah, maybe a rocky head. By that they mean like not like foamy. Maybe it's more bubbles. Got some nice carbonation. Very nice light yellow straw kind of color. It is a very light pilsner. I don't know Ooh. if they're talking about it not being light. I can more smell bohemian. that malt. That smells good. This is going to be a... Oh, it smells really good. Ooh, it smells super floral for a uh, mm-hmm. for a pilsner. Oh, man. That is good. Nice and sweet. It's got a sweetness at the beginning. Yeah. And then it gets kind of, like you said, floral right after that. It disappears pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Almost if you keep smelling it now. I'm getting more herbal I'm as getting, I smell it. I'm getting a little bit, yeah, more like a... um. Kind of like Cezanne notes. Yeah. To this, to the smell, not so much the uh, taste. No, not so much the taste, which is good for you. Which is a tinge <laughs> of uh, sweetness, a tinge of like citrus. Red, bready citrus. Yeah. yeah. Something like a, uh, you'd normally see in a Pilsner, but something that's very, like a very refreshing type smell. Mm-hmm. It is We're, very refreshing. Yeah. But I do get a little bit of that pepperiness, I guess they, the mm-hmm. reviews were talking about that. Bohemian Czech Pilsner. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess this would fall for me more in the the Czech Pilsner category, according to those descriptions. If those are the points that we have to look at. But according to that, those reviews, it is not a very light Pilsner, but it is a super light Pilsner. Yeah. I'm not saying it's the lightest Pilsner I've ever had, but I wouldn't call that a dark Pilsner by any stretch of them. No, but also compared to something like Yah from Tribus that we just had, which is I mean, if that's a traditional German Pilsner, Mm -hmm. then I would say this is a little bit different. Well, this is certainly different. Yeah. Yeah. Very refreshing. It's strange how there's like a very light mouthfeel and then the taste kind of just goes away. Yeah. There's no evolution to it. Mm. It just. Not that that's a bad thing. No, it makes it very refreshing, very drinkable. Mm -hmm. Like if you just want to chill and have something to drink outside and you're just looking for a beer real quick. 
Yeah. Like this is good or this is a good dinner beer. Yep. Because it, it won't with mess food. with anything you're eating. This would go really good with pizza. Yeah. What's weird is when I tend to drink uh, beer when I eat food, I mm -hmm. tend to try to figure out like it's not for the sake of the food. It's more for the sake of the beer. How do you, how do you mean? Like, oh man, I can't. Like if I'm looking at my fridge, at the, our beer our beer selection, I'm like, oh man, I don't want to ruin this beer if I eat that because it's going to ruin my taste of the beer. Not like ruin my taste oh. of the food, which other people I'm sure are thinking. <laughs> Beer's the priority. That's right. So like you're not going to have, you mean you're looking not going to have like one. a sour when you're eating kind of thing. Not most most things. I can have a sour and I'm eating like some pizzas. That's true. Like Geyser goes. Like the Geyser goes. <laughs> oh man, yeah, the Geyser goes. R.I.P. No, we don't know that for sure yet. I'm pretty sure. I'm sure. <laughs> He's not happy about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, this Pilsner is easy drinking for pretty much anything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't get, you don't get anything. But I will say it's dangerous, though, because of that. True, but I've it's already only had half of it. <laughs> <laughs> you have, but it's only 5.2%. That's a. Right, it's low. Yeah. Very refreshing, carbonated. Yeah, very not nice carbonated. carbonation. Not like the crazy carbonation that we we achieved when we made our own. <laughs> Did not explode everywhere, no. Very nice, easy drinking Pilsner. I am impressed. Very it, relaxing. Yeah. Is this the first thing that we've had from East Rock, or have you had any at restaurants? Uh, it's definitely the first time I, we bought it. I may have had something from a restaurant once, but I'm okay. not positive. This may be the first thing. This is almost certainly the first thing you've had from them. Yeah. Yeah, no. This is very good. I, I would definitely try other things. Mm -hmm. And I did when I found out about East Rock's existence a mm -hmm. few months back, or last year or something. I did look at pictures of the brewery and stuff, and it, it does look like a very nice brewery. I do want to yeah. visit it. I do like the look at the beer hall and stuff like that. It looks really cool. Does it have a nice like outside area? Would it be good for summertime, too? Uh, I don't remember if I saw any outside area stuff, but they might. I'm not saying they don't. I just remember pictures of the thing I have in my head are the pictures of the actual beer hall, the inside. Interesting. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> Pilsner. Like, I feel like I'm doing a disservice by not going to more notes, but it's just so... Light. Straightforward and yeah, straightforward. There's not a lot of notes on the tasting. It's no. just it's it's there and goes away. Solid it's refreshing. Yeah, yeah. Like if we were going to like a barbecue or something, I'd pick this up and everyone would like it. Yeah, this would be a. I got this for the snobs, <laughs> which would include us as well. Yeah, and then I got this for everybody because even the snobs will like it, and and everyone everyone who, who does just like regular generic will like, like it. Yeah. yeah, and that way we don't have to get natty ice or Bud Light. <laughs> oh, well. Don't you say those words in this house. I know. Those are bad <laughs> words in this podcast. <laughs> so you want to talk a little bit about the, the cute little bottles that we got? So we got little fat boy bottles. Yeah. <laughs> they look like they would smush down. <laughs> they look a little smushed down from usual. The logo on it just says East Rock Pilsner. In the center is a little uh, portrait, I guess. Some clouds in the background over a rocky face. And you've got like this little tower up top. I suppose that is somewhere in New Haven. It does look familiar. I think that's Haven the East era. Rock Bridge that they're talking about. That might all right. Yeah. Um, it does look familiar. And it seems like all of their logos for each beer have that same image, but just a different coloration of it. Okay. So that's some nice like continuity. I did notice similar art style, but yeah. I didn't really look close enough at the other bottles yet. I know the Vienna Lager is like an orange, but that's pretty mm -hmm. cool. I do like that. And it's all shadowy over the ridge. So you just kind of get like this impressionistic kind of version of it. Yeah. With the clouds in the background. But I guess the Pilsner is a blue sky. Which makes sense. A nice, clear, easy drinking. Yep. Tells you what it's all about. On the side, to the right side of the label, you've got a Head East logo. It's like a compass with the image of the ridge on the bottom. Recommended. Oh, it's got a recommended glass pairing. It recommends oh. a, uh, like a champagne pilsner oh, glass. Oh, I do want that kind of glass once we actually 
have enough room for more glass. More glasses, yeah. So that's pretty cool. I, I like that. Not a lot of bottles or anything will tell you what the glass you should put things in. That's true. You just kind of have to assume. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like that. It's naturally carbonated, it says in the bottom. I wonder what that means compared to other beers. They probably don't blow CO2 or anything into it. Huh. It's probably just all the natural yeast and stuff. That's why it's so lightly carbonated. That's what gives you the rocky head instead of foam. Mm-hmm. I do like that it's clear enough that I can see the bubbles coming up. Mm-hmm. On the other side, you get your East Rock logo, which is a billy goat. It says a crisp golden lager he's with bright. He's got a bright- smirk, right? Am I? Am I? Oh, he's a sly devil. <laughs> For sure, he's a sly devil. He knows what he's all about. Yep. A crisp golden lager with a bright, noble hop aroma and subtle malt finish. A celebration of thoughtful simplicity is also on the side with a little, little blue billy goat. It says brewed and bottled in New Haven, Connecticut. So yeah, it's a simple bottle. Simple, but nice bottle. Interesting I like design. The, I like the texture of the label, too. The texture is really nice. Nice kind of professional bottles, I would say. Mm-hmm. They look like, you know, you get a lot of breweries that do the bottles now, or even some of the cans, and they just kind of look like, oh, yep, they're just like two guys in a basement sticking labels on cans. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but this can, like, no bubbles. It's a really nice, hearty label. It doesn't look cheaply put on. And the logo and looks very professional. a lot of local breweries around here have stopped doing bottles altogether. It's all about the cans. Yeah, which is kind of sad because I actually kind of prefer bottles myself. You always did. I always <laughs> did. I don't like drinking out of cans. I never have. I never will. Which is ironic considering how many Coke cans you consume. This is true. <laughs> Soda is basically it. That's, that's where I draw the line. My beer, bottles. Mm. I mean, the cans have gotten better, but I still, yeah. would prefer, I still prefer to pour into a glass before I drink them. And obviously on this show, for the podcast, we pour into cans or glasses. To just, get the, the smell. You get the smell better. You get the, the and you can see the beer. Mm-hmm. Which you can't really see in the darker bottles. But you want the darker bottles because the sun will destroy the beer and then you'll get skunked beer all the time. Yeah. Corona. There are so many bottles of Corona when I was young and naive and used to drink Corona all the time. Yep. Because I would just buy the 24 packs and put them out. Sun would hit them. Kill them. Ugh. Skunked Corona. That's all I got. Stop looking at me. That's <laughs> <laughs> all I can look at. It's not like we can go anywhere. Unless you want to go grocery shopping again. <laughs> no. No. I'm good. I'm really enjoying this beer. It is very good. I'm about to be over with it, though, before we even finish this podcast, which yeah, is not good. Yeah, me too. That's all right. We got a six pack. It's true. It's true. All right, baby. What else you got for me? Well, there is a trailer that I wanted to show you that you saw a little bit of beforehand. but What? <laughs> But I want to get your full uh, opinion on it because I am not sure how to feel about it. So I'm going to press pause so that you can watch it and then we'll be back for a reaction. And we're back. What? First thoughts. It looks like a spinoff of Rick and Morty. Yes. And I don't know whether to be mad about it or not. So we're talking about Solar Opposites, the new show by Justin Roiland that's coming on May 8th to Hulu. All episodes. All episodes available. Justin Roiland, but not Dan Harmon. But it looks like it should. Inv- I, I want to know, is this what they were working on when they should have been doing Rick and Morty? Absolutely. Duh. Ugh. Do you think they actually work on Rick? It's oh, Rick and Morty's taking so long. We're totally working on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and George R.R. R. Martin is always working on that new Game of Thrones book. <laughs> yeah. No, they put they put it on pause and walked away and they haven't gone back to it in a long time. Uh, it looks good, though. Looks yeah. funny. A bunch of aliens screwing stuff up on Earth. Yep. Mucking about. Trying to fit in amongst the humans, even though they don't have noses. It reminds me of a TV show pilot that used to be on TGIF on uh, yeah. ABC. It only lasted like two episodes. They were, it was, I think it was partly uh, Jim Henson. Really? And there were a bunch of aliens trying to live on Earth. 
I use one of the quotes all the time. There's like one baby who's having a temper tantrum and Mm -hmm. goes, I want pudding now. So it's beating the table and all of the surrounding neighborhood shakes. (laughs) That's like one of the clearest things in my mind from that. But yeah, it looks like that. A bunch of aliens trying to live in a house like a sitcom. Yeah. Getting into Rick and Morty like hijinks. Yeah, it just looks very like Rick and Morty. Yeah. The jokes in the trailer look a lot like Rick and Morty from driving and hitting all the different birds yeah. that they can, including an emu randomly. And yeah, the animation style, even the, the neighborhood looks looks like it's like a street over from Rick and Morty's house. Yeah. <laughs> the way they talk is very similar to mm-hmm. one of the aliens talks very much like Rick. Yep. If Rick was sober. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and not burping constantly. Yeah. The pupa looks funny. Yes. The pupa beating the crows and burping up the little creatures. Uh, and then getting sick off candy. Yep. Who's feeding the pupa? You know we can't eat candy. You know he gets sick. But yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. I'll watch it. Oh yeah, I'll watch it. Listen, it's, if it's just more Rick and Morty, I'm okay with it. But why isn't it Rick and Morty? Because he got bored. Because mm. he's got ADD or something probably. And he went, yeah, I want to do this. Hey. <laughs> or Hulu was like, we'll give you a lot of money to write this. And he probably went, I'm taking these five scripts for Rick and Morty. <laughs> and they were like, well, we're going to have to delay Rick and Morty because now we're going to have to write five more. And he gave him the finger, walked out and gave this to Hulu. You know what? As you're saying it, I can picture that very vividly in my mind. <laughs> Pretty much, yep. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Justin Roiland is the creator of Rick and Morty. I mean, he's listed as co-creator, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's mostly him. Okay. And Dan Harmon's there and he helps write the episodes and maybe like get the ideas across. Mm-hmm. But I think Justin Roiland overall is the creator of that really universe. You think he really carries the weight more? Probably. Okay. Knowing what I know about Dan Harmon and his lateness and his inability to work well with others or, you know well <laughs> at all <laughs> he works well it's just you know you gotta wait i like glory with rick and morty yeah but it's what got him fired from community yep that and i'm sure he's drinking yep. <laughs> but he is funny justin Roiland is funny i'm sure dan Harmon will make a guest appearance or help him on the show at some point maybe true but dan Harmon also has a lot of projects going on really including rick and morty he does the dungeons and dragon thing i believe oh, he does one other that? thing yep Oh, okay. Mm. I didn't know that was still And so he's also got Rick and Morty, and then Justin Roiland now has this and Rick and Morty, Mm -hmm. and they both have a stake in the video game company, the Squanch Games or whatever. Oh. Which I believe just changed its name, and I can't remember what they changed it to. But yeah. What about uh, Trover? Trover's one of the Squanch Games, games. yeah. Trover, the accounting game, the Rick and Morty virtual academy. I forgot about the accounting game. (laughs) So, yeah, no, it looks good. I'd definitely watch it. Looks interesting. If you like Rick and Morty, check it out. You're going to be waiting a long time until the rest of season five comes out. And then who yeah. knows how long till season six comes out. And if they're only going to be five episodes at a time every 329 days and call that within a year, <laughs> then why not a little bit more of the same thing? Hopefully it's just as good. True. So this is Solar Opposites dropping on Hulu in its entirety on May 8th. 2020. Watch it. So what you got? Fun fact. We just got back from pausing it and I just poured a new beer and it's the same beer. It's the Pilsner. And I got a nice rocky head. And she got nothing because she didn't pour it right. Don't make fun of me. But I think that's probably what they mean by getting back to the beer for just one second. Yeah. I think that's why they mean by rocky. Okay. Well, that and it's East Rock. But I think it's a clever way of saying it's naturally carbonated. Oh, uh, okay. That it doesn't have a foamy head. It's got all the, it's just natural bubbles, which is why it goes down so quick as well. Okay. I can get that. Party foul. No, beer on the pants. I wonder if all their beer is naturally carbonated. That I do not know. They mm. actually, they didn't mention anything about that, the natural carbonation on the website itself, at least as far as the Pilsner goes. I'm trying to think if I ever saw that label before on anything naturally carbonated on one of the beers. On a beer? Or if I that's just their, so. their logo. Interesting. Interesting. Your turn. You want what some, you got? You want some news? You want some news? I got some news for you. I got some news. Oh, yeah. That's right. 
I learned that Star Trek Picard actually got good. Say what? I mean, I, I was there. I agree. But. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to do any more Star Trek Picards on this Update. because uh, I pooped on it real good last time. You did. And uh, spoiler alert, we might have a new podcast coming out soon. That's about Star Trek. <laughs> and though it might take a while for us to get to Star Trek Picard on that podcast about Star Trek. I didn't want to do it too much on it, but. I thought I would update my opinion on Star Trek Picard. It is much better than it has been. These last three episodes, I would say, have been really, really good. Much more reminiscent of the next generation than them trying to like differentiate themselves or establish. It seems like most of the the first few episodes was them trying to establish the story. I don't even know if that's true, (laughs) because like you don't need that many story episodes to establish story. Yeah. It was more to fill time. Like they only had four episodes worth of story and they Mm. stretched into eight unnecessarily (laughs) long, boring episodes. Plus, I didn't think just on like a mini series. Yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't know how they're going to do season two for this. They're going to have to just establish Captain or Picard as a captain or something again. Yeah. But essentially, you know, your first four episodes were meandering. I got to find Soji. I've got to find Data's daughter. Yep. Captain Picard being acting very old and feeble, even though you watch YouTube videos of Stuart. We talked about this before. Yeah. He seemed like a normal, healthy person because mm-hmm. he is. He's not that old. He's only 70 he's something. Not. Yeah. And so it's like, I don't understand why he's acting like 70 he did. something's the new 60 something. Right. And, <laughs> and he's acting like he did in the Logan movie. And in Logan movie, he's playing a Professor Xavier that's 90 something years, years uh, old. And that's who he's playing in this is Captain Picard. And I'm like, oh, why is he playing like this? Yeah. And then you see him on YouTube doing the ant- Google answer questions and doing his Shakespeare sonnets. And mm-hmm. he just he seems lively and up and about. And you watch his videos on YouTube where he got high with his wife and did the joke about <laughs> I didn't double see takes and triple takes. And it's just like, so why is he <laughs> acting this way on the show? Is it part of his sickness? Yeah. Did is- they write it in? Like specifically, is it a choice he made? I don't know. But now that maybe he just got his, this shows how Picard got his groove back. (laughs) And now that he's got his groove back, he's like, and he even says it in one of his other, in one of the episodes when he does a little speech that he was just an old man waiting to die before. And now he's finally got a mission. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's what brings him back. But I would say starting with the, starting with the Borg episode where he visits the Borg cube. Yeah. Then it really deals with being locutus, meets Hugh, which is nice where he meets Hugh and they hug. Uh, It's a nice callback to the old show and actually dealing with the fact that he was locutus and has this survivor's guilt. Actually, it's the first time they really connected. They didn't really mention that before. No, they don't. They didn't mention anything before, really. It just it was not very Star Trek and you didn't have a lot of hope. And the Mm -hmm. Federation was a bunch of bag of dicks, really. They just sucked. Like no one was good. And you got Raffi and her kid and just hate them for no reason. Yeah, the. I don't know if it was a captain or whatever, who just apparently likes to say fuck. Oh, the Admiral. Yeah. She said it again in this next episode. But yeah. At least this time she was like, calm the fuck down. We're going to get you your ships. But yeah, it's it's it was just a really depressing dark show with no hope. And it's like, I get that you want to maybe go there a little bit, but they went too far. Yeah. To really come back from it and seem like they achieved something. Yeah. It's like you can have darkness, but still give us a light at the end of the Like mm-hmm. it was almost a dystopian future. That they yeah, showed. Yeah. Yeah. In the but beginning. With absolutely. a Star Trek feel to it. Whereas now it's actually like, okay, bad stuff's happening, but it's still the future. And it's mm-hmm. still there's still Hopeful. this bright light. And yeah. Yeah. It's it was just so like, come on. But it is very interesting. The show has gotten very interesting. I mean, the story with Soji has always been part of the most interesting part of the show. Yeah. So that Picard is tied up in that. That might be why. And that's now interesting. Allison Pill's character. Agnes uh, Girardi I really continues like to be her. really good. Yeah. Even after she's she killed the character, actress. like she's really good in it. She's a very good actress. She's kind of our beacon of light in the show. For, mm-hmm. uh, 
Uh, obviously, Isa Brion, who uh, plays Soji, plays Soji, and a bunch of other characters. Apparently, a bunch of other robots. <laughs> uh, she's really, really good as well. And obviously, Michelle Hurd, who plays Raffi, who's been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, she's very, I've very good. Seen her before. Yeah, she's really good. And Santiago Cabrera. Who plays Rios? Oh, and He's, all, all of his all uh, of his different EMH <laughs> emergency hologram, not EMH emergency holograms. Yeah, says so EHs. You would call them, and then yeah, I other what they things. Call them. Well, they're different depending on um, EMH is emergency medical yep. hologram. Oh, okay. ETHs would be tactical hologram. Okay, but I like all of their distinct personalities. They all have very distinct personalities. They all play really well off of each other, even mm-hmm. though it's just him playing against nothing, I guess, and then adding it to the green screen. Yep. But he's really good, and even as Rios, he's really good. And at first sight, yeah. it wasn't a huge fan. When he was first introduced and he was smoking a cigar and he had the yeah, knife wound in his shoulder. Too, like, rough. It was too much. Yeah. It was too over the top. Yeah. <laughs> but he's he's become very good and I like him. He's he wants he's more he's more approachable now. He wants to hope. He wants to be that Starfleet commander captain. Yeah, well, that, I mean, we saw him, you know, get all depressed and drunk in his room and then pull out his old Starfleet uniform and Exactly. So you you get a guy that wants to become Yeah, you that, see, yeah. He wants to buy into Picard's hope. Mm-hmm. Which is nice. He wants to become that Federation officer that Picard wants to see yeah. happen. I, I just really don't know about the only main cast member that I really don't know about is Evan Evagora, I guess, or Evagora as Elnor, the uh, Romulan, the Romulan kid. Yeah, he seems unnecessary. Yeah, he's a little one note. He's just there to like kick like ass, he, I he guess. Could, he could have been written off by now, but they're just dragging it out. Yeah. But, it seemed like they were writing him off too. He's a, he's a definitely a little bit of like sunshine. Like he's got some one one liners that are good because he doesn't yeah. know anything. Yeah, and I like when he like hugs Seven of Nine and she's like, because <laughs> <laughs> he's so like innocent, I guess. Mm-hmm. So like that's good, but I just would like to see more from him. It's not really his fault, but he doesn't have a lot to do. Yeah, and there's a lot of scenes that's where everyone else writing. is talking and he just kind of is there, stands in the background going, All right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. Peyton List and Harry Treadway, Treadway are really good parts of the show as the Romulan brother sister. Oh yes, it's a, an interesting relationship, I guess. They definitely have like a competitive, slightly incestual relationship. Yeah, uh, a little off-putting. Very medieval timesy kind of a thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, Harry Treadway was really good. We we saw him in uh, Penny Dreadful back yep. in the day and stuff like that. So he does a really good com- conflicted Romulan and. Even like the last episode's coming out tomorrow when we record this. Mm-hmm. Um, it will have already been out for a day when this comes out. Yeah. I still don't know where he's going to go. Like, I know he killed one of the robots, but is he trying to save everybody? Does yeah, he? Yeah, which way clearly, is he actually yeah, going to Clearly he does to... love Soji. Mm-hmm. But like, what? where's his allegiance finally going to lie? And uh, yeah, it's just become a really good show. Exciting. The story is interesting. Now that everybody's mashed up, it just took way too long to get there. Yeah. But we'll see where it goes. Patrick Stewart obviously is getting better and better as Picard because now that he's got a mission, he almost seems more like Picard. Yes. Although it does seem like Picard and Data are going to meld together. I'm really thinking they're building Picard a robot body. Okay. This is my prediction. We'll see if it comes true. Tomorrow. Yep. We'll see tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) The only part I didn't like about the show, the last episode that we watched was Mm -hmm. uh, Brent Spiner coming back as Noonien Sung's son all of a sudden yeah by the way i'm noonien sung's son it's like what when where <laughs> where'd you come from did he ever discuss you i don't think this was ever discussed what is going on here is this just to get you on the show Probably. you were already in the flashbacks data go back <laughs> like you didn't need brent spiner coming back as noonien sung his son it just no. uh, i would be okay if robots and what's his face the uh the guy they were looking for in the first few episodes made robots oh uh, 
Like I didn't need the whole Brett Spiner coming back thing. No, I think it was. It's fan service. It's more. Yeah, it's funny. It's to get him on. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. And I know Brent Spiner and Patrick Stewart are really good friends. Such as IRL. IRL. So that's probably why. And I like Brent Spiner a lot. So I'm cool with him being on there. It's just it seemed unnecessary to make him Noonien Sung's son. So yeah, Star Trek Picard, check it out. It's actually free until April 23rd. It is. Uh, if you use the co- uh, keyword, I think, gift, when you sign up for CBS All Access, you get all of Star Trek Picard until April 23rd. Very so nice. definitely check it out. It's worthy. Star Trek Discovery, very worthy. Yep. And there's Star <laughs> Trek short treks. If you don't like Star Trek, if you haven't gotten into Star Trek yet, start at Discovery. Now's the time. Yeah, Star Trek Discovery is really good. It's nice to have something to watch where it's like hopeful. Mm-hmm. And it's like, here's a possible future. And it's like, if we... That's what's great about Star Trek is like, that could be our future if we really work for it. Yes, the aliens won't look so human, probably, but everything else about Star Trek is possible. The science behind it is all pretty much research stuff and like it's it showcases the best of what humanity could become. And it's a fun ride. And Star Trek Discovery is very exciting. First season takes place in a Federation Klingon war. So there's a lot of action in that first season. Mm-hmm. And then the second season's got the Enterprise. It's got Spock, Captain Pike and... Is also very, very exciting. It's got a nice mystery that wraps around everything. So I think that just uh, just about wraps up this episode for us. Well. <laughs> so thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoyed it, please share it with your friends and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Kraken1Open. You can also shoot us an email at Kraken1Open at gmail.com. Is there anything you would like to plugity plug plug? Plugity plug plug Forgotten Cinema, a podcast that I do with my buddy Mike Field about forgotten films that for whatever reason seem to have been forgotten by audience. Either more popular film came out at the same time or it simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We discuss what we like about it, what we don't like about it, but we always recommend you give it a second chance. Uh, we'll go over fun and facts, our opinion on the films and uh, reasons that it was forgotten, how much it made, all fun facts about the film. We really do a deep dive into it. It's really worth watching. We know a lot about movies and we're really fun to listen to. So check us out (laughs) wherever podcasts can be found. You can also check us out in Forgotten Cinema, Forgotten Cinema Podcast dot com. And be sure to check out our merch store page uh, because uh, I need some monies. (laughs) (laughs) I've also got two player bros, a podcast I do with my buddy Dave Cannon. Uh, We release every uh, every Thursday. Mm -hmm. It's a podcast about two guys who play way too many video games. Join me and Dave as we do a deep dive into a different video game. Every week, we try to line it up with something that's coming out, but every once in a while, it'll be something that we just love, and we will take a deep dive into pretty much everything from PlayStation, Xbox, VR, PC, you name it, we'll do it, and uh, yeah, well, I think this week we're doing 2016 Doom, so that should be out by the time this episode comes out, and next week we're going to take a deep dive after doing that into the new Doom Eternal. We wanted to give ourselves enough time with that to really get into it, and then we're also actively playing Animal Crossing, so... <laughs> <laughs> After all that blood and guts and gore, we'll be picking up crabs and fossils in our cute little animal towns, which we've been playing for a while. But we want to build up our town and really experience it before we talk about it. Very nice. And a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Record. Thanks. (laughs) Till next time. I'm Mike. And I'm Elise. And this has been Cracker One Open. Cheers.